lovely to be here this morning. It's lovely to, to be able to take this time to, to just take a little bit of um, peace and quiet to, to reflect and, and to remember why we celebrate uh, this, this Christmas time. There's, there's such a lot that's going on. We've, we've had uh, preparations to try and get the turkey sorted. You put it in the oven, didn't you? Yeah, you that's, that's all right. So the, the turkey's in the oven, uh, yeah, running around trying to, to yeah, get breakfast and, and all these other things. And sometimes it's easy to forget uh, why, we're, why we celebrate Christmas. And it's good as well to share this time and this reflection with uh, with each other and and to remind each other and to encourage one another about the good news of Christmas. Let's start by singing uh, a hymn. We're going to sing It Came Upon the Midnight Clear. Talks about the build-up to Christmas almost, about, about the fact that it wasn't something which... Um, just happened, but it was something that had been foretold in the past. So let's sing together, it came upon the midnight clear. Lord God, thank you so much for this time that we remember each year, a time of sharing a time of happiness, a time for family, a time for friends, but Lord, a time that reminds us of your good gift to us of Jesus. Lord, bless us this morning as we worship, as we remember and as we think and as we share fellowship in him and through him. Amen. Did anyone get any Christmas cards this year? Anyone get any Christmas cards? Yeah, it probably wasn't from us, I think, because uh, we were very disorganised this year. Um, but tell me, uh, on your Christmas cards, uh, what, uh, what pictures did you have? Um, Lily, did you have any Christmas cards? You, what, what pictures were on your Christmas cards? Do you remember? Okay. Well, how about anyone else? Did anyone else have any nice pictures on their p- Christmas cards? A display of Brussels sprouts. <laughs> but do you know, that's very interesting because I don't think I've ever heard of a Christmas card showing Brussels sprouts before. What, what, what did you have on your Christmas card? Lovely. Now, now there are there are some Christmas cards which are which are quite uh, are quite modern, and uh, and I think a Christmas card with a princess is quite a modern idea for a Christmas card. And sometimes we talk about traditional Christmas cards. So, did anyone have a traditional Christmas cards with anything on it? Did you have any Sally any Christmas cards? What, what did you have on your Christmas cards? Away in a manger. Oh, so did you have? Did you have maybe a picture that looked something like, whoops, like that? Did you? A baby Jesus. 
in a manger. I, I, I need some help. Um, Oliver, do you, do, you want, do you want to come and give me a hand here? I, I need... I need... Right, could, could you just, uh, just hold that for a minute? Could you? Right. Okay. I'll come to you. Uh, anyone else have any, any other pictures on their uh, the Christmas cards? Did you have any Christmas cards? What did you have on yours? A doggy. <laughs> Did anyone else have any pictures on their Christmas cards? That uh, You had three kings. You mean something like that? Just like that. Just hold that with you. Right. Okay. Shepherds. Did you have... You mean sort of a bit like that? Can you hold it up? Did it? Uh, how about any, any other pictures that uh, that were on Christmas cards that might have been a camel? A, a camel. <laughs> well, we've got camel. Uh, camel is, is on that one, isn't it? So angels. Ooh. Yeah, absolutely. Angels would, would 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 certainly be on a Christmas card. Anyone have any any pictures with uh, with stars? And who else would like to hold up a picture? Come on, come on, hold the star. Because you're a star, aren't you? Right, hold that one up. And, and who'd like to come and... Uh, have, we, have we run out? Right. Bessie, do you want to come and hold one? Okay, well, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll just hold that. Now, what else? Now, there was something else that um, the, 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 the baby Jesus would have been in and maybe there'd have been some animals in it and the shepherds came there um, what else uh, is missing? Something to put... A, a stable. Now, the thing is, the stable, I, I was trying to figure out, how do I, how do I make a stable? Or, or how, how do I get a picture big enough to put all these in? So I decided I'd try something a bit creative. So let's... Which is always dangerous for me, actually. So let's try and make a stable. Whoops. So it's got two walls... Oh, nearly there. Two walks. Oh, and a. Have you got money made <laughs> That would require forethought and planning, Steve. Should I make that one? Yeah, you, you do that. All we need is just a roof. Thank you, Charles. And then I think probably what we need to do is we need to put these pictures on there somehow. So, Charlotte, could you? Make see see to it and help these uh, these people to uh, to put the pictures onto the. There we go. That's good enough. Right. So we've got. Right. I tell you what. Who's got the star? Who's got the, right? Lily, can you just stand up there and hold the star up? Because I want to talk about the star first of all. Now, who has got the reading, which is Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 to 12? Adam. You can either come up here and read it, which uh, uh, Alex is telling me that we must, for those listening around the world on the podcast. Greetings and happy Christmas to you all. Yes. So, would you, would you read us Matthew chapter 1, chapter 2, verses 1 to 12? Okay. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, 
Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler, who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly, and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He, he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Thank you very much. So the star was over the stable, wasn't it? So, uh, Lily, will you just give that to Charlotte, and Charlotte will help you to stick it on the... Do you want to help, help Charlotte? There we go. Fantastic. So the star. Now, I don't know whether anyone saw that uh, TV programme this week, uh, The Nativity, which was a, a, a production of... Did you see it? Yeah, it, was, it was good. And I know Charles saw it as well. Um, I, I said to Daniel, should we, should we watch that programme, The Nativity? And he said, what's it about? We'll, we'll edit that one out for, for, for Liz, which, uh, Daniel's Sunday school teacher. Uh, but um, I, I thought it was, in, in part it was very good. I mean, there were some, some things which I didn't like about it. But, but in, in, in general, I thought it was very good. Made some, made some guesses about what people's motivations would be. But what, what impressed me was the, uh, the, the magi. It's people who were watching these stars and plotting them. And... and and they, they saw the strange behaviour of certain stars that the idea was came together to form this conjunction of stars, this grouping of stars and planets, or a star and two planets, to make one bright star. And that was the star of, uh, of Bethlehem. And my dad, who, who used to teach astronomy, has been very interested by this just recently and has been thinking a lot about the star of Bethlehem and, and the, the way in which the, stars, yeah, the planets might have come together to make this bright star. To the Magi, it meant something very special that these, these stars came together. Now, I just want to say, I don't believe in astrology where, where people believe that, that the stars tell your future and can influence the life that you live. But I think that the Bible tells us that God used a star to announce the birth of Jesus. I don't think, though, that God's thought, um, oh dear, it's nearly time, for, uh, nearly time for Jesus to be born. Uh, I'll tell you what, I'll move this star over here and I'll, I'll make it brighter and I'll make it, look, it, make it look like something special. But I, I think that the way that God works and the way that God worked was that he had planned that right from the, the creation of the universe. The, the movement of the planets and the movement and, and position of the stars was fixed, if you like, from the moment of the Big Bang, from the moment that, 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 that life, that, that the universe was created. 
And the laws of physics, the way that God set them up, were always going to bring those stars together at that point. So it wasn't a last-minute thing, this, this point in history when Jesus was born. But Jesus' birth was something which was part of the plan that God had from the creation of the world, from the creation of the universe, from before the world was made. The star was part of God's plan. And it shows that... Do you, do you, want, do you want to stick that, do you want to stick that on? The, the star shows that, that Jesus' birth was part of God's plan from the very beginning. And what about the Magi? Who's got, the, who's got three kings? Three kings. The three kings. Do you want to just go with Charles and put, put the three kings on? They were people who studied very carefully and they, they looked at the stars and they were people who, who had a lot of knowledge and a lot of understanding about the way that the world was set up. But do you know what? They didn't just understand, they didn't just know, but they actually acted on it and they followed the star and they, that led them to Jesus. Who wants, to, who wants to, do you want to put that one on? Do you want to put that on with Charles? So the, the Magi didn't just listen, they didn't just know, but they followed. Who's got, I think Peter has got uh, Luke chapter 1, verses 26 to 38. Would you, would you come and read that to us? Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favoured one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favour with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also, that Holy One is, who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And now this is a sixth month for her, who was called barren. For with God nothing will be impossible. And then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord... Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. To, to us, Mary and Joseph, we, we think of them as being quite, quite special people because we know what happened to them and, and where, they, where, where they ended up, if you like. Ended up, well, I mean, we're still talking about them in this cold island in northern Europe 
2,000 years later. But they weren't special people. They were just ordinary people. Uh, who's, got, uh, who's got Mary and Joseph? Who, does one want to put, put Mary and Joseph up on the board? Lily, do you want to put... No, you... you. Right, I'll tell you what. Charles will put them up. They were, they were just ordinary people. They didn't have any special training for, for the job that they were being asked to do, for the part that they were going to, to play in the birth of God's Son. But the only training they had was that they had been listening to God all their lives. That was the training that they had. They'd been learning about him since they were children. Mary is described as being highly favoured by God. But it's very clear from what, what Peter read to us that she didn't really understand, well, how, how can that be? How, how am I going to have this, this son? She didn't understand what was being asked of her, how it was going to happen. It didn't seem possible to her. But she accepted what God was asking. She accepted what uh, was being asked of her. It was a pretty big ask, really, of someone who was pretty young, probably about 16, something like that, I don't know, maybe younger, maybe a little bit older. But she was able to rise to that challenge because of the years of listening to stories about how God had worked in the past, uh, years of thinking about what it must have been like to have been one of those people. Years of listening to the prophecies uh, where God had been talking about delivering his people and sending the Messiah. So as she was being told this and as she was thinking about it, it must have begun to slot into place. I'm sure she didn't understand it all. But she listened and she obeyed. And what about Joseph? Uh, in that program on the TV, The Nativity, they portrayed Joseph as being very much uh, wanting to disown Mary because of uh, her pregnancy. I'm not sure about that. Uh, in fact, the scripture doesn't, doesn't tell us that that's, that's what happened. But how humiliating must it have been to find out that she was pregnant uh, and that it wasn't his child? She told him what had happened. Did she trust him? Did he trust her, rather? But he was a devout man, a kind man. He didn't want to offend, upset or embarrass or endanger Mary. But when he was told in a dream to keep her and to marry her that's exactly what he did so Mary and Joseph were obedient to God's to God's commands and God's uh, God's calling ordinary people who were asked to be part of something extraordinary we're going to sing again. We're going to sing uh, While Shepherds Watch Their Flocks. So see if you can guess which is the next picture we're going to pick up, put up. So the shepherds. 
shepherds, pretty, pretty lowly folk, pretty ordinary people again. And in common with the ordinary and lowly folk throughout history, we don't know a lot about them really. Don't know their names. Don't know how old they were. Don't know how many they were. But they were shepherds. Um, did I give anyone the reading? Yes, I did. I gave yeah, you the reading for shepherds. Go on, Beth. Um, come, and, come and read us. Uh, Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 20. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Saviour has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes, lying in cloths, lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom he, his favour rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they, when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what, what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at, the shep, at, at what the shepherds had said, had said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. So we, we don't know a great deal about them. In fact, we don't know anything about them other than what's, what there is in Scripture there in those few verses. Don't know about where they lived, except it, well, it says they lived on the hillside. So their job was to provide security for the sheep that provided their livelihood. Um, they were sort of on the outskirts of polite society. It says they lived on the hillside. Um, and were they actually part of normal town life? I don't know. Possibly, possibly not. Um, I wonder how the other townspeople thought of them. I wonder how they thought of themselves. Did they think of themselves as being, well, a bit different, a bit out on a limb? Um, did they have mobile phones? Probably not. Um, but when it came to the most important announcement of all, these people who were perhaps out on a, on a limb they were the first to know. The, the, the press release didn't go to the government. It didn't go to the, to the top people who could then spread it out amongst the, uh, um, amongst the, the, you know, the, the news network. They couldn't, didn't send messengers out. They didn't send it to the, the scribes or the priests who would have maybe talked about it in the synagogue and analysed the message. Uh, 
that there was this Messiah had come. What do we mean by Messiah? Who is the Messiah? It wasn't sent to them. It was sent to these ordinary people uh, who were a bit marginalised, a bit disconnected. And the reason it was sent to them, it's a bit like a bit like tweeting, a message that went straight to the people for whom it was intended. Not just the powerful and the connected, but to the poor and the marginalised. They weren't only told the news, though. It wasn't just a bit of information that was being passed on, FYI, for your information. But they were invited. They were invited to take part and to come and to worship in the same way that the, the Magi had been told, had been shown that something special was happening, they were invited to come. And they did, with great joy. And when they had been invited, and when they had seen what had happened, and who Jesus was... Then they went out and started spreading the word and telling other people about it too. Audrey, would you come and read to us uh, from Luke chapter 2, verses 1 to 7, please? In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there were no room for them at the inn. Thank you. We talk about a stable, don't we? And a stable isn't a very good maternity unit. Uh, but then again, in Jesus' time, there weren't any maternity units. And uh, it wasn't clean and antiseptic, but then again, nowhere really in those days was clean and antiseptic. We talk about a, a stable, but uh, it's... It wasn't a stable like you have nowadays where separate from houses and uh, where, where the animals are all put to, uh, to keep them safe. But stables were often part of the home in, in those days in the way that I think that a, a garage might be or a, um, or, or a cellar. Part of everyday life. Jesus was born in a place, a city that was full of 
uh, of huge significance. Bethlehem was a, a really important place, the, the birthplace of King David. Um, it was mentioned in prophecies as being a place that something special was going to happen. Let's say the birthplace of kings, hugely significant. But he was born in a building that was ordinary. A building that was of no special importance. A place like thousands of others. A scruffy and untidy place. Full of rough edges and unfinished projects. If it's anything like my cellar. That's where Jesus was born. Where God chose to have his son born. In a place that was ordinary. We're going to sing another hymn now. And it's brightest and best of the sons of the morning. Norman, would you read to us from the Epistle of John, chapter 1, verses 1 to 3. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, we have looked at and our hands have touched. This we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared. We have seen it and testified to it. And we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and hath appeared to us. We proclaim to you that what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. That which we have seen and touched. Those words were written by John, who had been one of the disciples. And he, for him... There was no question about whether Jesus existed. Of course Jesus existed. He'd been his friend. He was someone that John didn't need to believe had existed. But John had come to know who he was and had come to understand what his life meant. The circumstances of Jesus' birth were, if you like, a sign of what was to come. He was born in the ordinary with people and, and mixed with people who were, were not your, who were not the powerful and the rich, not the elite of the society that he was in at the moment. There were foreigners and there were, there were people who were not regarded highly Jesus never had material riches or comforts but he would attract people to him from the great to the poor the people whose lives he touched in his lifetimes had their lives changed and transformed 
I bet Mary and Joseph weren't the same after Jesus was born. And after all that they saw, I bet the shepherds weren't the same after they had been to worship Jesus in the stable. I bet the Magi were different and had a richer understanding of who this God was who sent his son to be born in humble circumstances. People weren't changed by material things that Jesus did. But because he transformed life for them. Jesus said that he came that people may have life and have it to the full. And that's what, if you like, the, the message of Jesus was then, was throughout his life and is now. That God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believed in him should have everlasting life. So life is what Jesus brings to us. So those pictures on your Christmas cards, next time you see, next time you see the star, think about the fact that it was the birth of Jesus was part of God's plan from the, from the creation of the universe right the way through to the time that Jesus comes back and beyond. God has a plan that he's set up and built into the fabric of the universe. When you see Mary and Joseph, think about their obedience and the way in which they followed uh, God's commands and that they listened to him and obeyed him. When you see the, uh, the Magi, don't concentrate on the gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh, but remember that they got up off their backsides and they followed that star to lead to the Messiah. When you see uh, the stable, it's not a, a cute little... Uh, Twinky place that was nice and cosy. It was an ordinary place. And God uses the ordinary uh, still. That Jesus, uh, that when you see the shepherds, again, don't concentrate on the, the nice fluffy sheep, but remember that they were invited to worship Jesus in the same way that we can be invited and are invited to make him part of our life. And when we see the, the baby Jesus in the manger, let's remember that he grew up to be our saviour who gave his life that we might have life. We're going to sing together, O come all ye faithful, and after that, Andrew is going to say a prayer for us.
Father, we think of things in our lives that we adore. They're very special things, aren't they? Probably not very many things we really adore. Help us to think about what we're saying when we say we will adore Jesus. It's easy to adore him on days like today, with family and friends and food and warmth around us. Help us to think of your invitation to come to Jesus in the cold days, in the dark days, in the days when we feel alone, to realise that you love us, you love mankind, you love this world, and your Son was given as a sign for that. Emmanuel, God with us. And we pray as we go away on into our everyday lives, that we might make room for that babe, that son, your son, in our lives. And to truly adore all that he brings to us. And to thank you for giving us this hope. In his name we say this prayer. Amen.